Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Deadly, the Director's Cut, where we speak with the women-identified directors who are making the horror movies that we love. Joining me today is one of my favorite people, truly my partner in podcasting crime, Ariel. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, how have you been? How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Anything weird, wild happening in your neck of the woods? (laughs) Not currently. I'm just having a little bit of an existential crisis because I've been able to see my niece and nephew. And over the course of the pandemic, I swear they all age too much. It's unacceptable. (laughs) When we we went into quarantine for the first time, my nephew was 14 and about my height. He now is 16, has a goatee, is four inches taller than me, broad shoulders, deep voice. It's disconcerting. (laughs) See, that's the thing is like life feels like a flat circle right now. Yeah. If you don't have somebody whose body is changing in a phase where it's (laughs) changing or two years makes a difference, that must be terrifying. It's bizarre. My niece is now 20. She's no. living with her girlfriend. They have their own apartment. They just no. bought a car. No. And I'm like, I was a teenager when you were born. This is unacceptable. <laughs> no, that's terrifying. Yeah. How can <sighs> you guys be almost like real grown-ups now? I don't like it. Yeah, I don't care for that. I'm going to mm-hmm. need them to go ahead and stop. <laughs> right? <laughs> Arrest that development <laughs> for my peace of mind. <laughs> don't be so selfish. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't know that the movie that we're going to talk about today is going to help with the existential crisis. <laughs> I know, but right? I'm still excited to talk about <laughs> Me it. Me too. <laughs> and it's perfect. We're in the mid. We're actually we're at the end almost of Women in Hormones. I know, <sighs> but this is a good one. Some, I would say there's been some bangers that dropped this year. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. We're only in March, and there have been so many women directed horror yeah. movies that have dropped. It's crazy, and. Our calendar is full for the yeah, rest of the no year. No end in sight. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, so I, great. As I'm updating the VOD calendar, which if you haven't already checked that out on the Zombie Girls website, you really should. It's pretty good. It's a great <laughs> tool. I'm constantly keeping an eye out for what's coming out because of that, and I'm yeah. just always surprised by how and delighted by how many women directed horror films are coming out i worried that it was a pandemic thing where it was like all these women directed horror films there was a backlog of them because they were just like let's let the boys move to the front of the line you know and then (laughs) now that there's no box office opportunity let's get all these clear the clear the pipes of all these women directed horror films but that does not seem to be the case that was just my own you know paranoia based on everything I've ever experienced in life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I do feel like we're in the midst of a movement. It's exciting. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited that some of the women that we've covered in past episodes or have mm-hmm. even interviewed are coming out with second, third features now. It's pretty cool. I know. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun to talk about like, oh, what their next movie and then get all to of see a sudden it. We're covering yeah. it yeah it's yeah. really really cool so hopefully we'll get to do something similar with the one that we're going to be talking about tonight which is yet another bit ba- like i said bangers bangers wall to wall this month <laughs> which is you are not my mother directed by kate dolan and we had the opportunity to chat with kate about the film and i personally thought the conversation was awesome i mean i always do but <laughs> i'm a nerd what about you yeah no i think she's very insightful and i liked a lot mm-hmm. of the things she had to say especially around mental illness I thought that was really interesting. So, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, so before we get into the interview, I do think we should take a few minutes to talk a little bit about her and the making of the film and just kind of our general thoughts about it. What do you think? Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Well, before we do that, though, this is a little bit different than our usual format. So can you let our listeners know how we're going to be handling spoilers this time around? Yeah, so this time around, we are going to do our best to avoid spoilers, but we do touch on some things about the film in the interview that Mm -hmm. may be considered spoilery. So proceed with caution or just go watch the movie and then come back. It's out today (laughs) to rent on all major VOD platforms. So you should be able to get your hands on it really easily. Yes, 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 yes. Support. Support. <laughs> yeah, women, exactly. women directed horror. This is your chance. Live your your mor- morals, your ethics. Go rent this movie and then come back. All right, cool. So let me tell you a little bit about Kate and the film before we okay. go in. So Kate Dolan is an Irish filmmaker and director. She graduated from the National Film School IADT in 2012 and cut her teeth kind of directing various commercials, music videos, and shorts, including one called Cat Calls, which (laughs) is super rad. I watched it today, and uh, I think we will definitely need to be including that in our next little mini feature. Oh, okay. little short fest that we did for the extended episode. Yeah. (laughs) Because... (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, okay. <laughs> but it's really interesting. And for people who don't want to wait for our, our short film festival, it's available on Vimeo. It's like an eight minute short and it's absolutely worth your time. So it won the best short film at the YDA Ireland in 2018. And it's played at several festivals since uh, all over the world, including BFI London, Fantastic Fest and Fantasia Film Festival. And like I said, it's seriously, it's super, it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. You Are Not My Mother Mark's Kate's feature film debut. And the way that it came about was that in 2019, she was selected by Screen Ireland to take part in their inaugural POV scheme, which oh. sounds very nefarious, but it's actually kind of awesome because she went there with the script that she had written for You Are Not My Mother. And of the people that they brought on, four scripts were greenlit, including hers, and were given a 400 thousand euro budget which is how this movie was actually made okay gotcha yes it premiered as part of the midnight madness section at the toronto international film festival in september 2021 and where it came runner up in the midnight madness people's choice awards oh nice yeah it also won the the jury prize at the festival de jeremir i'm guessing that's okay i'm french i'm allowed to do bad french accents in 2022 And like I said before, it was released this week on video on demand. So it's available for you to put in your eyeballs right now. And that's what I got. I know it's a little bit short, but since this is a little bit of a different format, I thought that'd be okay. Yeah, no, that's great. All right. So really quickly before we get into our review, what is this movie about, Ariel? All right. So this movie is set in North Dublin and Char is our main character. She's a young high school girl and her mother goes missing. And we know that she sort of has some mental health issues. So everybody's really worried about her. And when she returns, things are a little bit different. And she's acting strangely. And Char is sort of determined to uncover the truth about what happened to her during this disappearance and kind of uncover some family secrets, maybe. And at the same time, she's really dealing with a lot of bullying at school and Mm -hmm. kind of more coming of age stuff. 
and it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> All yes. right. So excellent. Very nice synopsis. Well done. Avoided spoilers. <laughs> you fucking crushed it. Let's That's get into hard. our review. I'm so it is bad hard. at avoiding spoilers. It's very, very hard. <laughs> it's hard to talk about movies without spoilers. Yes. Though. So let's do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's go ahead and attempt to do that with our our non-spoilery as much as possible review. Really quickly, I just kind of wanted to get your general thoughts about this movie for people who are like, oh, should I rent it? Should I not rent it? Uh, the answer is yes. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, I really liked this movie a lot. I think everybody should go and rent it and watch it. It's really worth your time. It's sort of this slow character study. Mm-hmm. It really it takes its time to kind of show you who these people are, what the family dynamics are. And by the end, you feel like you really get to know everybody pretty well. I also think that... One of my favorite parts about this movie is the relationship that Char makes with a girl at school. Mm-hmm. There's sort of this this friendship that builds over time that is really kind of beautiful and moving. And I felt like I recognize what happened there. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That mm-hmm. I had that same experience as a teenager. And the sort of the crux of what ha- what's happening in the movie that I don't want to say because it would definitely spoil it is a plot point that I love in horror movies. I know you and I both share that love of this particular trope and sort of folk story thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so that is really enjoyable. I also think that the director does a great job of sensitively handling some mental health stuff mm-hmm. that is often done just so terribly in horror movies. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I'm a sucker for folk horror. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is one of, if not my favorite genres. And I, I think this one does a really great job of blending that sort of old world belief mm-hmm. and superstition in a contemporary setting, which apparently is not that far off from the truth, as we're going to come to learn in this interview. And I think it really touches on what I love so much about this subgenre, which is this idea that there are still secret, magical and dangerous yeah. places in the world. That's always something I I connect with is something that sort of subverts the mundanity of this world. I mm-hmm. need a little fantasy. And I think Full Core does this good jo- job of blending horror and fantasy. And and there's some of that in this in a way that I really enjoyed. I agree with you about how it, its take on mental illness is done very respectfully. You know, especially if you are the child or the family member of someone who suddenly manifests a mental illness, feeling like maybe you don't know this person anymore is a real world horror that I think that this does a very good job of exploring. Yeah, because I think a lot of times horror movies make this mistake where they just boil it down into mental illness turns you into a real quote unquote monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it feels disrespectful and like it's kind of missing the point, you know? Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't do that. And you're mm-hmm. right that the way that the interactions happen between her and her family are really interesting and I think very nuanced and accurate, you know? Mm-hmm. And the same way I think this movie does a really good job of being sort of an allegory for queerness and othering mm-hmm. yeah. in a way that I think will prote- that will resonate with a variety of different audiences, whether you were just sort of the weird kid or the queer kid or someone that just for whatever reason felt very yes. othered from kids your age. This does a very good job of kind of playing in that space in a way that I think is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think with the performances and the way that this movie really does use genre to explore some really intense and terrifying world war issues. And I, this is kind of, to me, sort of this year's relic or Babadook. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know that it's getting the same kind of attention because maybe I don't know. I don't know why. Well, exactly, I think unfortunately I, it's coming out at a time when a bunch of big movies have just yeah. been released. And so it's sort of gotten overshadowed, unfortunately. So hopefully people who are listening to this yes. will give this thing a shot and like <laughs> let other people know to check it out. Because I do think if you are someone who enjoys that lane of horror, this movie belongs on your radar. Yeah, absolutely. And as someone who does, <laughs> this belonged on <laughs> my radar. All right, cool. So that's what we think. I think we both can – we gave pretty strong recommendations for this. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. It's very much worth your time. It's a really, really good movie. It's beautiful and really well acted, especially the teenagers. Mm-hmm. That's so tricky, you know? And there's this one particular scene, I know you know what I'm talking about, between Char and Suzanne that just mm-hmm. resonated and felt so accurate to my own lived experience that yeah. I think people are going to see that and it's going to mean something to you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What do you say we get into this interview yeah, with director Kate Dolan? Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. It's so nice to meet you. And this is so exciting. Okay. So first of all, I mean, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. We got to watch uh, You Were Not My Mother and absolutely loved it. And it's, I think it's a really special film, one that you should be really proud of. I'm sure you are. So this is your first feature length film that you both wrote and directed. So how has it been for you as, you know, for the first time getting to put this out here and have everybody see it? Yeah, it's quite surreal, to be honest, because, I, you know, I'm from, you know, before this, I'm kind of from quite a DIY background, you know, doing music videos for no, th- no money and just making short films and uh, that kind of stuff. So the whole, like, this whole aspect of it is all a learning curve of, like, talking to people about the film and, like, press <laughs> and so many people actually sure. seeing it and stuff. It's, like, kind of, it's quite bizarre, but it's really cool to just, yeah, we had a, a, you know, it's out in the cinemas in Ireland and me and some friends went to just like a normal cinema screening of the film in a cinema here. And that was just really cool. It's just like, oh, it's in the awesome. cinema. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so exciting. Yeah. So I was reading up about you and I learned that you grew up watching movies with your mom, who is a real cinephile. She loved movies. Has that shaped the way you make movies? And what made you gravitate to horror? Um, yeah, the thing is, like, my, my mom, she, she's definitely not a horror lover, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> okay. so the movies, the movies we were watching, definitely, they were more kind of just your, you know, classics, or, you know, kind of the, the current kind of cool movies that were coming out in the 90s at the time, a lot of kind of thrillers and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think horror, I just was always really drawn to just like the spooky stuff in life and like Halloween was my favorite time of year and awesome anything that had like a a monster (laughs) on it or like anything I was like you know my I and my mom driven mad all the time just like always kind of spooky stuff that I wanted um so yeah I'm not sure where that came from I always I'm still always asking myself that but then so then when I was kind of making my own stuff I always really wanted to work in horror because it just you know I feel very at home in that genre and I I love it very much. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was a while to get there though. Cause in college they really turned us away from making horror movies. Oh really? Yeah. It was funny. So I had to kind of refine it again after college. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you showed them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So since you grew up in, in Dublin, is that why you sort of drew from the folk stories from the area, you know, when you were making this film? Yeah, you know, I think like folklore really permeates into Irish culture a lot. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're, all the stories are kind of they're told as if they're real and like it has a real world impact. Like people will, you know, avoid fairy rings or fairy mounds. And even like there was a, a motorway they built around a certain area it just outside of Dublin that was like it because it had a fairy mound. And that was only like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, So, you know, there's like all Irish people are like, hi, it's probably not true. But I think every Irish person has a little part of them that's like, well, what if it is? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So, one of the things I was wondering about is in this movie, it's a family with a grandmother, a mother, and a daughter. Were you intending them to represent the maiden mother crone? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was, um, I mean, part of it was that I grew up with my single mother in my grandmother's house when I was a oh, kid. Okay. So like, mm-hmm. I was very much, you know, my my life was really both them so much growing up, do you know what I mean? Just being around them all the time. Um, so that was kind of part of it. But that was definitely something that uh, was an influence on the the three generations. I think it was like, I really wanted to capture like three different generations of women, particularly Irish women. Cause I think mm-hmm. women in Ireland have had a very um, difficult time of it, let's say uh, under the Catholic patriarchal rule of Ireland. Um, sure. So that's kind of the different generations of Irish women and how they kind of have experienced the world. And that was something that I wanted to bring into it too. But yeah, definitely the kind of three goddess symbol. I think the idea as well that like, you are your mother and you are your grandmother in a way like they're part of you and you're part of them but you're all Mm -hmm. different and have like different experiences of your life as well Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of part of it too very cool so one of the things i loved about this is it's such an interesting twist on sort of the typical changeling story that we hear you know that usually it's the baby that goes missing as opposed to the parent that comes back differently and I think it lends itself to this really incredible metaphor about mental health and mental illness is that something you intended and can you talk a little bit about why you maybe paired a folk tale with something um you know this you know it's a mental illness story but also a coming of age story yeah I think it was just you know the things were ruminating in my mind that different things when I'm whenever I'm like kind of developing ideas for projects like I, I always was really intrigued by folklore stories and like actually in Irish folklore the last known changeling was in 1895 well known changeling but let's be real <laughs> yeah um, but uh, that was in 1895 and it was a woman called Bridget Cleary and she was a grown woman but her husband um murdered her by burning oh, wow. her in their fire uh, wow. fire seen as like the cleansing thing that rids the changeling out of your body um so that was like a really tragic story that I read met like years ago but then I kind of it never left my mind this idea that you know you would take such drastic action because you believe that to be true and mm-hmm. or like you know what was really going on there or what was the real story behind her and what was happening to her um so that was like an influence that story and then other kind of folk tales but then You know, it just, I also wanted to talk, I wanted to make a film about inherited trauma in a family and how somebody coming of age, things that happened in the past in your family often will come back on you, even if you kind of weren't a part of it or you weren't really there. 
for it. Um, and I found that really interesting. So the two ideas started to kind of just meld together really well. Because I think this idea that in our past, in Irish history, we have these kind of traumas that come back as a culture. Mm-hmm. And then within a family, you can have that as well. So it just, it, it really married together well, I felt. Um, so it, was, it felt like a good way to tell the story. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. It's so layered the way that you did it. It makes the film fascinating and really kind of gut-wrenching in places too, because it's such a raw emotional story. Yes. Yes. Agreed. So one of the things that I think you did so well in this is capturing the way that teenagers interact with each other without it ringing false, because often that's what happens in movies is it feels really (laughs) phony. But um, I really love the conversations between Char and Suzanne, where you really captured that feeling of being a teenager when you kind of meet somebody for the first time and you click and feel really seen and you very quickly start having these super deep conversations. I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. So can you talk about how you were able to make that feel so real and why you felt that was sort of an important scene to include? Yeah, I think, you know, exactly as you said, I think there's kind of, a moment when you're coming of age where you start to think very deeply about your life and your experience and you know you start you you kind of change mentally I think and like you know you start to see the flaws in your family and thing you know things that you might not have kind of perceived before properly um and it was kind of trying to capture that and I remember when I was a teenager having lots of kind of conversations like that with people where you really bond because you kind of really get to know each other for the first time your experience and you really connect through that in a very deep way um so I I really wanted to include that and I think what really brought it to life was um the girls you know the the cast that we had so Jordan who plays Suzanne and Hazel Duke obviously plays Char I think when we were doing in prep they just you know they had such a natural chemistry and it felt very real and they, you know, they became really good friends when we were filming. And I think the other girls as well, the other teenage girls in the film, I think they, we brought them in all kind of in prep to rehearse and run through scenes and just had a very open dialogue about like, does that sound real? Like, would you say this or would you say it more like this? And I let them kind of bring their own personal flavor to kind of Mm -hmm. how they said things and like, um you know and they had their own kind of different Dublin accents and stuff and they were like should I tone that down I was like no no let, like lean into your like thick Dublin accent <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> so that was you know it was like really they brought kind of their own you know flair to it too which I think really brought it to life yeah yeah equally convincing um <laughs> is the situations with the bullies watching Char get tormented by them is it's hard to watch because it feels fairly authentic and it's a reminder of but sometimes kids are kind of cruel can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the inspiration for those scenes yeah I think you know the kind of school I went to and the areas where you would be walking home from school or you know I you know I live very when I was growing up I still live in Dublin but when I was growing up like we lived so close to the city that you'd be very much in the urban a lot as a teenager kind of wandering around town and stuff like that and you know it's the kind of environment where if you look at somebody in the wrong way it can change change your day for the worse very quickly um so you know I think as a teenager I was you're really I was hyper aware of it anyway because 
it wasn't just like they'll you know call you a name it was like there was you know people who got stabbed on their way home from the cinema and stuff like that and I was just like part of my coming of age like hearing all those stories so you kind of go like okay this isn't just like it's something like could be said that I you like you're a dyke or whatever like uh, it could be much worse than that so I think that was really that the environment where she lives in and the place where she lives in is like inhospitable in that way as well that like you can't just walk home from school and feel safe ever you can't feel safe in the house so it's like that kind of there's no escape from feeling unsafe um for her really yeah yeah I mean I definitely think that comes across in the movie really clearly yeah Uh, one of the other things that I was thinking about you talked a little bit about the mental illness in this movie and how it's portrayed and so often in horror movies it is not done well and I felt like your film, though, kind of handled that topic with a lot more sensitivity. You really showed that struggle with the family and finding ways to support the mom and sort of how all of that creates this instability for the daughter. But there's also this one scene in your film where the mom is doing better and she wants to plan a trip and her brother basically tells her no. And I think it really showed how tricky it can be to sort of maintain independence when there are people that are helping to care for you. So I guess I was just wondering why you decided to explore this topic and how did you go about it doing it with such sensitivity? Yeah, well, you know, that was kind of always part of the story was that it's it's really about a, being a person coming of age and having a parent that is mentally ill and mm-hmm. how to navigate that and how to um, basically like you don't know how to help them. You don't know how to how to talk to them. You don't know. And you feel very like isolated in that mm. situation. Um, mm-hmm. And it was always about depicting that between them and and through very much Shar's perspective. So it's all through Shar. The film is the visual language of the film very much puts you in her position, almost in that she could be a re- unreliable narrator because we're just seeing the world constantly through her mm-hmm. in a way. Okay. Um, so like it was very important to me that like the how Angela is in the film is how Shar is seeing her and how frightening it is to be somebody coming of age seeing their parent in a way that is uncontrollable they, they you know in a way that you might have never seen them before and not knowing how to how to help them or what to do with that and that was you know I was really trying to capture the feeling of that but it was really important to me that it wasn't you know because as you said in harmonies particularly I think there's a really you know, mental illness is treated as kind of a throwaway, like, you know, yeah. and they were crazy. And you're like, okay. Um, so, <laughs> right, right. Like, I, you know, I've had people in my life who have suffered with mental health problems. And, you know, it was important to me that it's not, you're not just saying she's bad because she's mentally ill. It's like, she's a, a person with very kind of nuanced, complex and like how to kind of navigate that. And as a child seeing that it is very scary. So it's mm-hmm. like kind of trying to tread that line without saying like, you know, yeah, she's, no, that's, you know, she's crazy person who's bad. You know what I mean? So you kind of, it is yeah. very difficult. And I think like everyone brings their own perspective when they watch the film. So like some people watch it and they're like, I can really relate to that as Shar. I was Shar growing up. I can kind of see myself in that. But, you know, I'm sure there's people who don't like the representation of mental health in the film too. Cause I think, you know, it is, you are bringing your own personal experience to it all the time when you watch a movie Mm -hmm. so it's hard it's really hard to kind of get it right so we just kind of did our best to try to do that and so yeah I don't know 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, that really resonates with me. I mean, I have also have family members who suffer from mental illness and I remember it happening about the time that I was Shar's age. And I remember that feeling of vulnerability and powerlessness in that situation. And I think that's one of the things I super connected with in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One of the things is our podcast focuses on women directors, just like you, and we're super inspired by them. And so I was just wondering if you have any advice for young women out there who really want to get into directing, but maybe feel like they can't or don't know how to, it's an option. Yeah, I think um, it's really funny. I noticed now, because obviously I'm at a stage where like, I have a feature and like, it's kind of, sure. you know, I'm kind of at the next level of my career. And it's funny how many young men email me completely out of the blue to <laughs> ask me to like for advice, oh. to meet them for a coffee, to read their script blah blah blah. and I think it's just like men are just kind of taught to have that entitled confidence to go this person will read my script for me and I can meet them for a coffee yeah no problem and I think you know uh, I think that's kind of a good thing that you should just put yourself out there to do that and if that person says no fine but I think yeah I think young women maybe are less inclined to do that Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it doesn't happen definitely does as well but I think just yeah I feel like don't feel like just just go for it and just do it I think like I you know I definitely remember times when I was starting out that I felt too kind of like oh no I'll impose on this person or like no that's impolite or like I won't do that or and I think it did h- hold me back for a while um to like not kind of just put yourself out there um and just kind of take a risk but I think you know it's definitely changing even in the 10 years that I've like since I graduated college I think it's changed massively so I think there's just more space for female creators to be making things and things are a bit more accessible now um in general in terms of like even access to equipment and gear and and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff you don't have to be because I think it's kind of across the board in terms of like class and race and sexuality as well I think like there's it there's lots of walls that need to be broken down and yeah and I think just like it is getting hopefully more accessible for everybody now but yeah I think a great another great advice I got when I was starting out was always look to your peers instead of looking above because I think Mm. I always thought you had to like try and get to the producer that was like five levels ahead of you to get noticed or get you know get your film made but I think the relationships I made of people like other shorts filmmakers or other kind of people at my level have actually helped me get to the next levels in my career um much you know in a in a kind of a an easier way than like trying yeah. to like contact the like people who are you know really established so I think that's a kind of one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was starting out. amazing amazing so now that you're doing this big press tour, you were saying this is the first time you've done this and you're probably getting asked the same questions over and over again. We probably have them ourselves. <laughs> um, is there anything that no one has asked you about, about the film itself or the filmmaking process that you were hoping someone would or that you would have been wanting to talk about? Um, I don't think so, actually. I think everyone, like, I, I feel like there's been really great questions from everybody. And so it's like opened up a really interesting dialogue. And I think, uh, I don't think there is actually anything that I would I would want to be asked. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> well, good for all of us. 
<laughs> so can you tell us maybe what's up next for you? Do you have any projects in the works? Yeah, I have um, two horror features that I have been Ooh. writing. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. So the one of them has been in development in Ireland for a, a, a few years now, kind of before even Your Not My Mother was, um, we shot that. So that's like a queer coming of age werewolf movie amazing um, okay. awesome. <laughs> i'm in ticket sold <laughs> yeah so that's a kind of a fun one it's kind of camp like lost boys s kind of vibe um and then uh the other one is very early stages so we'll see but it's it definitely horror is in the future ahead of me mm-hmm. i'm not sure when either of them will be shooting or ne- hopefully next year though Oh, that's so exciting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been so much fun getting to know you. And I think You're Not My Mother is a super special film and I hope everybody checks it out. If there's one to follow along uh, with whatever you're doing next, is there something they can follow you? Yes. And so mainly, I'm mostly active on Twitter. So I'm at C-A-A-T Dolan at it, that's my Twitter handle. Um, people always get confused sometimes and call me Cat Dolan because they think that's my name. <laughs> but it was actually it was actually from a time when I was like really drunk at a party. Uh-huh. Like I opened my Twitter account like ten years ago, where I was like somebody was like, "What's your name?" and I was like, "That's me, C A A T," and they were like that's not how you spell your name, Kate. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's now it's stuck, so I like have to leave it there, I suppose. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so thank you again, and we look forward to seeing whatever it is that you do next, because I know it's going to be incredible. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And thank you for all your amazing questions. It was so nice to oh, talk to you. It was so fun for us, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was with Kate. I don't know about you, but I had so much fun doing this. Yeah, it was great. And she gave us a lot of her time. So we really got to ask her like every question about Mm -hmm. the movie that we wanted to, which was exciting because that often doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can be long winded sometimes and have too many questions we want answered. But I mean, it was great. (laughs) Did she answer all the questions I wanted to ask? She answered a reasonable (laughs) amount of questions. I always have more. (laughs) It's hard, too, because I always want to ask questions about some of the more spoilery things. And sometimes I don't want to talk about it. But she was willing to go into a lot, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. She was very generous with her time and such an interesting – I mean, it's it's a reoccurring situation where every time we talk to these women, they're just so – Everything they do is so deliberate, so thoughtful. No decision is done lightly. And I I find that fascinating. As someone who is such a scatterbrain, (laughs) I'm just like, what is that like? (laughs) But yeah, I thought she had some – I loved what she said about – I alluded to this at the top of the show about the way that folklore is very weaved into contemporary culture in Ireland. Yeah, I don't think I quite realized that. that is fascinating to me and it it makes the story make more sense too i also just really liked what she had to say about mental health stuff and and how she tried to balance that because you know i think that that is really tricky and what she said about how you know she did it this this way and deliberately and tried to do with a lot of sensitivity but some people who have maybe had this lived experience or obviously not with the folks horror elements but everything else um, might feel differently and that's okay for sort of everybody to view it their own way and mm-hmm. she just has to sort of have peace with that you know yeah absolutely 
Well, I don't know. I hope people check it out. I really loved it. It's available for rent now on all the major VOD platforms. And honestly, I think it's absolutely worth throwing some money at this and supporting a really amazing woman filmmaker. And it sounds like <laughs> this is just the beginning because she said she has three projects. Yes. <laughs> in the horror genre. That's amazing. I know. It's so exciting. So hopefully in the not too distant future, we will be revisiting this conversation, talking mm-hmm. about yes. one, if not all of those projects moving forward. Yeah. Don't miss this one. Final thought. <laughs> all right. So for those of you at home who have been listening along and hopefully check this movie out, we'd love to hear from you. I have questions, comments, concerns, uh, Mad Libs. I don't know. Whatever. You can drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z dot com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcasts, plural. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your pods or leave us a star rating on Spotify. It'll make us feel real good, real special, and uh, a little less alone on this rock <laughs> that is currently hurtling through space. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already checked out You Are Not My Mother, then check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the various streaming services and uh, also out uh, available for rent on video on demand. And if you are looking to uh, zhuzh up that wardrobe or maybe you need a new coffee mug and you want to start your day off right, (laughs) you can check out our merch (laughs) at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. I should really go into advertising. I am so good at this. And if you love us and you want to support us, the best way you can do that is by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls, where you get all kinds of awesome exclusive content as well as you get the episodes early. You get to join our discord and hang out with us. But one of the really cool things we have that is happening this weekend, the 26th, is we are doing our second ever live show. This one is called Battle of the Allies, where we're going to find out which of the zombie guys is our best feminist ally. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be most of the gang all together having a couple drinks, goofing off, playing some games. And we would love for you to be a part of that. If you're in the Discord, you'll be able to chat with us live there. Or on the Patreon, you can comment live there. And uh, if you are hearing this after, don't worry. Join the Patreon. You can watch the video back or listen to the episode. I think that's it. What do you think? I think think that's it. All right. Well, in that case, Ariel, until next time, take us out. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. We had so much fun talking to Kate Dolan. We really hope you enjoy our interview and our little mini review. And we'll catch you next time with our main episode. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Chardon.